Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and it's week 12. We've got our DFS show today. Please join me in thanking the sponsor of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast, Grammarly. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. We've got one of the best possible guests on. It's Joe Holka. He's on Twitter at his name, Joe Holka. He also does free DFS courses, uh, NFL DFS videos nearly every single day on YouTube. Check out his channel, youtube.com slash Joe Holka. And then he's also on Instagram. I see his top five DK plays at each position every Saturday, and it seems to be really popular. Check him out on Instagram at instagram.com slash Joe Holka, his name again. Joe, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. Always fun to come talk uh, football with you and Tags. Uh, I know you guys have uh, really blown up uh, this year and last year, so I love what you guys have been doing over here. So I appreciate the kind words, man. Yeah, it's our pleasure to have you on. We have a lot of fun doing it as well. We'll get to uh, what we're doing on the show in a minute, but Tags, what's up, man? (laughs) <laughs> Nothing much, man. I always look I always look forward to having Joe on. He's one of the sharpest guys in DFS and he's kinda he's kinda taught me to be a better DFS player altogether because like I'm always like I'm like really narrative driven and Joe is the he's almost more of like he's looking at the pure numbers and saying this is what's the most likely in terms of touches and things like that. And and I've I've kind of molded the two together this this year and like as the year's gone on, I've gotten better with it. So now that Joe's back on, I wonder if him and I are gonna agree more because I, I I've like I've learned a lot from him. I don't even know if Joe knows that, but basically he's one of the guys that I do like really respect in the DFS industry uh, that I would definitely like listen to his advice. Not to say that we're not going to disagree at times, but uh, he's someone that's extremely sharp. Yeah, there, there's a place for both, man. And I appreciate you saying that. And I, I still remember like the one of my biggest hits I ever had, like my first season doing this uh, full time, like tags was the first guy I called because he was one of the he's one of the guys that I if I have a, like a legitimate football question, like I, I there's no one in the industry that I, I kind of uh, want to pick their brain more than tags so i guess we're just gonna we're gonna hold hands to start the podcast i guess (laughs) and uh, just pump each other's tires a little bit here all right guys let's see if we can get you to fight we're going to the running back position and i'm looking at our our, uh, model this week it's totally different on vandal and DraftKings. so we're going to be covering vandal and DraftKings, their main slate so those sunday afternoon and sunday early afternoon games and we're going to be covering cash games for about 40 minutes. We'll circle back around and go GPP. And the difference between cash games and GPP contests are GPP, you want to take a little bit more chances so that you can have a chance to get to the very top of that leaderboard where you can win like a million dollars. Cash games, you want to play a little bit safer. You want guys who are reliable in touches. And we'll be discussing those guys as we go on. But starting at cash games, okay, I'm looking at the DraftKings slate. We've got Christian McCaffrey. $10,500. Now he's going to be popular because he's McCaffrey, but I'm wondering if you guys would rather go to McCaffrey than even Kamara going up against Carolina or Nick Chubb going up against Miami. Joe, you first. Yeah, I've been kind of on brand uh, talking about Christian McCaffrey. It seems like every week, uh, even leading up to the season, the first couple of weeks, people are still trying to decide if he was worth it, like around that 9K, 9.5, like keeps going up. Uh, so yeah, I guess I, I guess have to give my disclaimer and just allow people to just have if you want to play Christian McCaffrey you have, you have permission it's okay he's gonna touch <laughs> the ball 20, 25 times like he's probably gonna catch eight or nine balls uh he's a great play uh, I do have a lot of respect for this New Orleans defense I, I will say that uh so the difference between McCaffrey and Kamara I think most slates I would obviously just prefer to pay up for McCaffrey I will say on DraftKings in particular this week it's really hard to build lineups so that extra salary that you can get from Kamara, I think that he's going to be a staple in cash games, 10 targets in each of the last two games. Obviously, hasn't had as much on the ground that we would like to see, but I do think that Kamara is getting a little bit healthier, which is nice to see. And like I said, that savings off of McCaffrey does make some sense this week with a, a couple really nice options at wide receiver that we might be wanting to pay up for. That said, I, I don't love a lot at the running back position overall. So uh, in weeks like that, I, I think you kind of can just take the path of least resistance and go to a guy like CMC and, and still feel pretty good about it. So Tags, I seem to recall that you saying in week four, I don't know if I want to pay all this money for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's going up against Houston. They're so good against the run and he absolutely went off and you have been saying he is your play of the week every single week since then, and it hasn't failed you. 
are you going to fade him this week against New Orleans? I'm not going to completely fade him for sure. Like in, in cash games, as Joe said, it's going to be really tough to fit him in because like there's not like a lot of tremendous values, particularly a wide receiver this week. It's it's going to get really tough to play him this week. Uh, but at 10-5, I, I was hoping that they would lower his, his price a little bit considering they were playing New Orleans, but they didn't and they're making you pay. I don't think I'm going to have him in my cash game this week and I'm probably going to regret saying that just because every <laughs> every week I'm just like he's the RB1 no matter what. And uh, I, I can't do it this week, I don't think, uh, just because, again, it's, it's it's really difficult to find the value on the slate. If I, can't, if I can find a way to finagle it in, maybe we could find some plays in the show talking through it today uh, where I can feel comfortable fitting him in there. But, I mean, guys like I'm, – I'm playing Derrick Henry. Like, he's the guy that – it's like there's a glimpse into the lock of the week. He's going to be in every one of my cash games. Like, well, it makes a lot more sense on DraftKings than it makes on FanDuel. DraftKings, he's the tenth most expensive, sixty nine hundred dollars on FanDuel. He's the uh, second most expensive, eighty four hundred dollars. I saw that. I was like, wow. I mean, deservingly so. Like, I think this is really a week where it's possible that Derrick Henry has that two hundred yard game, three three touchdowns. Like, he's he's good in cash and tournaments. But DraftKings at sixty nine hundred. Joe, you said you didn't like too much of the running back position this week. Is is Henry has to be on your radar, right? This this is my issue with it because like I don't think I've played Derrick Henry in like three years, but like I can't deny that sixty nine hundred is a pretty amazing price for him uh, in this spot in particular. Like uh, this is the this is the narrative type thing where I think that it actually is something we need to pay attention to. Just like games that are later in the year gets a little bit colder, just give Derrick Henry the ball. He's a really tough guy to bring down. Jacksonville is a matchup he's definitely smashed in the past. 30th against the run. So everything lines up for that from that perspective. If he does uh, have a, a decent yardage game, like I think he's pretty much a lock for the 100 yard bonus on DraftKings, which is nice, which makes you feel a little bit better about, I guess, fading the the zero passing game in volume for the most part. So it's a little bit scary on this this slate, in, like in particular, 6,900 is an amazing price for him. So I actually think that this is a week where I've considered him more than uh, in, in a really long time. Joe, I never played Derrick Henry because of the potential game script going south like Jacksonville's not as good as Tennessee and I would argue that they had it was a downgrade going from Gardner Minshew to to Nick Foles I think he's going to be terrible under pressure especially with Tennessee bringing it I've got Tennessee as heavy favorites in that game with that said there's like a 30 percent chance Jacksonville's leading this game and if it happens Derrick Henry's going to be a bust we've seen it time and time again even against this defense does the game script worry you yeah, there's, I mean, that's exactly what you just said. There's less floor with Derrick Henry than almost all the other guys that we're going to talk about, just because like if, if game script flips, like there's a chance that he doesn't quite get there. And that's, I guess, the concerns I have in this game overall is that there could just be a lot of running on both sides and there just might not be near as many plays. I have this projected as one of the lower uh, pace games, one of the lower plays games overall. So that, that's a concern. I actually think that his price is probably uh, probably fair relative to those risks. So I think in cash games, it's a little bit, tougher but I think he's going to be really popular so it's one that I'm still trying to work my way through early in the week uh, from a tournament perspective I think that is the spot where maybe you do pivot away if he ends up being too popular and just hope for that other side of the game script to kind of flip things so tags you were talking about Christian McCaffrey and how you know it usually just doesn't make sense to fade him because there's not other running back plays that you can feel comfortable with you know what Christian McCaffrey is going to do and even against New Orleans in this matchup you know he's going to be close to that 2.5 value. At the very least, he's going to be like 1.8, 1.9. That's not dreadful. But we've got Derrick Henry this week. We've got Alvin Kamara against Carolina, Nick Chubb against Miami. Or do you have two of these three in your lineup? You already mentioned Henry. Are you using Kamara or Chubb? Chubb's a difficult one, right? Like he's the guy that's getting 20 carries, but he's not getting targets in the passing game anymore. And it's like, I don't know how much Baker Mayfield drops backs to pass. I don't think they're going to have to a whole lot. Um, I do like Chubb, but they're charging you 8,100, man. Like let, let's, let's just pretend for a second that they're like, you know what? We've given Chubb a lot of work this year. And let, let's say he might go out there and rush for 70 yards and a touchdown. They're up two touchdowns and they're like, you know what? Let's give Kareem Hunt some of the workload and give Chubb kind of like, I don't want to say a week off, but more like a lighter week a workload. And it, at 8,100, you need him to smash. And if he's not doing anything in the passing game, you essentially need two touchdowns. And he, has, he hasn't been scoring lately, but, but they've been playing the Patriots, the Broncos, the Bills, the Steelers. Oh, yeah, I can see it happening. I'm not saying that he can't score two touchdowns. He absolutely can. If he gets 20 carries in this game, he's going to hit value at that price. But that's my concern is that Kareem Hunt is a guy that's getting the passing down work. He's being involved. In, I think Kareem Hunt's a fantastic tournament play this week, actually. At 8,100, I would rather go up to McCaffrey at that point. Like another guy, like what about Le'Veon Bell, guys? Le'Veon Bell, 6,400 on DraftKings. 
like his volume like his snaps have come down the last couple weeks like I don't know if it has to do with the knee thing I don't know if it's more like hey this guy's better if we just give him some rest but at 6400 he seems like he could be a pretty solid cash game play I love Bell and and kind of gets to what you're talking about Nick Chubb he just seems too expensive to me and I think there's more uncertainty there than uh, like the timeshare yeah but also like like Kareem Hunt like his usage has been scaling up like just basically takes Chubb completely out of like he's at least had some games this year where he had a decent passing involvement but recently with Hunt I guess don't know if there's I don't think he's gonna uh I think that price tag is pretty aggressive but Bell just seems well plus the speculation of like you know just not knowing what teams are gonna do if they have a big lead against Miami exactly yeah so that that's a tougher one for me I think he's gonna be popular so that's gonna be one of the ones that'll probably probably bury me if I end up fading uh Le'Veon's someone that 6400 he's a great price I feel like I've been staring at him just because from a volume perspective it always really looks looks solid when it comes to Bell he's someone that hasn't really gotten there for us this year uh this could be a decent slate to kind of take a chance on him just because like I said I don't know if there's a lot of fantastic plays at running back this week so like if you're looking at Le'Veon at 6400 or paying down uh for some of these other guys that had definitely still have some concerns but the volume should be there for them as well I, I I don't I don't hate the call I think that Oakland's a team you could run on they're a team that has been below average at defending running backs in the passing game as well. So I, I have some interest on Bell for sure. Okay, we've got a lot more running backs to talk about, but first I wanted to tell you about Pristine Auction. So it's the perfect time to start thinking about buying those gifts for people in your family, friends, maybe a boss, your kids, and you're going to be able to find something for everyone at Pristine Auction because everyone loves sports and they've got all kinds of players, all kinds of teams, all kinds of memorabilia, and everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. When you go to pristineauction.com, sign up. It's free to sign up and enter the registration code FANTASYPROS. That's going to get you $5 off and it's going to tell them we're sending people their way. That way we can continue to do contests like the ones we have going on right now. We're giving away a signed Dak Prescott full-sized Cowboys helmet to one lucky listener. You can check out the details for that at fantasypros.com contest. And basically all you need to do, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at fantasypros.com. Guys, there's great values to be found on Pristine Auction, hundreds and sometimes even thousands of items that are auctioned off daily. So check it out, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. And don't forget that registration code, fantasypros, all one word. Joe Model really likes Alvin Kamara. They think that he's going to be a popular play this week. Is he somebody on your radar as well? Do you prefer him over Chubb and Bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kamara, I think, is, is probably going to be my lock of the slate. I think that he at 8200, he's still someone that I I think maybe, like I said before, just is, is getting healthier finally. Um, and, and in this spot, he, the price difference that you get versus CMC, I think, is is significant enough to where you can just kind of lean on that that high team total and just know that he's going to be involved in the passing game. And we know Carolina is the, the worst team in the league at defending the run. So, uh, yeah, super interested in Kamara. I think he's going to be uh, kind of the mega chalk this week. And in terms of cost per point, that's something that we measure on our on our cheat sheet on Fantasy Pros. It's a free tool um, that you guys can check out. Basically, what it does is it takes a consensus of the projections around the industry on all these players, measures it against their salary, and says, how, mu- how many dollars are you paying per projected point? And number one on this list for FanDuel is Alvin Kamara at 392. Now, the next best is 422, and it's a volatile player, Nick Chubb, as we were talking about, who hasn't really done much the last month. Uh, questions about the game script, questions about Kareem Hunt. I think Alvin Kamara is where you start your lineup at running back unless James Connors rolled out. And I've got to ask you guys about this. Tags, if James Connors rolled out, are you going Jalen Samuels? I saw DraftKings raised his price to ninth most expensive. That's why I'm not going to do it. That's just too much. That's too much for a crappy offense. I'm doing it on FanDuel because he's not that expensive, but on DraftKings, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, he should rack up the receptions, and would it, would it shock me if he hit value at that number? No, but I, I don't I don't want to place any bets on that offense. Mason Rudolph is terrible. They're going to be without Juju Smith-Schuster, it seems, for that game. Well, plus you've got Philip Lindsay, who's $2,000 cheaper. Yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette is $100 more. Um, Chris Carson is $500 cheaper. So I, I can't do it. Joe, what are you thinking? You staying off Samuels? Yeah, exactly what you just said. Like, I'm just playing Fournette in that range, I think, for for $100 more. Like, I get it with Samuels, and I actually like, think that people might go there because, like, the matchup against Cincinnati, second worst team against running backs in the passing game, all of that. And maybe kind of a little bit uh, contradicting myself because I, I've talked about Kamara, and he's obviously more involved in the passing game. Um, hasn't given us as, as much on the ground recently, but Samuel's like, I, I don't know. It seems uh, pretty volatile, like as his overall touches based on his price at 7,200, something that really scares me for, 
for an offense that's going to be led by Rudolph for sure. So I'm aligned with tags on that one. So you like Leonard Fournette. He had 11 carries in week nine, eight in week 11. Does that concern you? Definitely. I think that you can't, I mean, there, you can make a pretty strong argument that touch for touch for dollar, um, whatever metric you're looking at, he's still going to be one of the ones that is going to touch the ball a ton in this spot. The, the matchup's not great. Tennessee's pretty strong against the run. Again, that this game, full, this game environment overall um, doesn't look great. Uh, I know that actually that, Jacksonville is one of those teams they, they would prefer to get him involved and especially like if this game just ends up being a lot of running on both sides he could get there but um, he's not one of my favorite plays but I mean he's going to touch the ball a lot um, I mean you can make an argument that he's at least going to approach the the CMC type of touch level each and every week and he is involved through the air a lot as well so tags we've mentioned a lot of plays Chubb we don't really love him Alvin Kamara is a good play Le'Veon Bell we all agree he's a good play Derrick Henry you like him a lot we talked about Leonard Fournette um what about Philip Lindsay is there anybody else here that you think uh, we talked about Christian McCaffrey as well is there anybody else here that you think is viable for cash games I'd say Lindsay's in the conversation uh 5200 they lowered his price to the point where it's like you, you could think about it but I think Joe's the one who actually said on the, the show before is that the running back spots are so valuable it's, it's really difficult to be like to take a mediocre play. You almost want to have conviction on the play. And is it possible that Lindsay doesn't get the goal line touches? Because it seems like they just they just rotate based on, you know, like how fresh the running backs are, that Royce Freeman could come in and get those goal line touches. But at 5,200, that's not bad. I mean, you're looking for 13 PPR points to hit value in cash. And, I mean, Philip Lindsay. It's a good matchup, too. I mean, he's been doing that against Minnesota and Indianapolis. Yeah, the Bills, I mean, the way that you beat the Bills is on the ground. You, you don't throw the ball against them. So, uh, Lindsay at 5,200, I really don't mind if you're looking to save some salary. Joe, are you into Philip Lindsay? Yeah, uh, so this this game worries me a little bit for plays. I actually have it as the lowest on the slate. Um, so I think there's other weapons I think I'd prefer to go to in Denver than Lindsey, just because, like I said, I, I definitely cherish those running back slots. I, I think the the decision point between Lindsey and then someone like I, I've heard some some talk about Miles Sanders, like in that same exact price range with a higher team total, uh, definitely a, a, a more poor matchup against uh, Seattle than we have here for for against Buffalo. So I, I understand the play. I guess think that there's, um, I guess, too much uncertainty here that I like to do with my running back slots. And, and I know that 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 team total scares me a little bit as well. Uh, not even 17 points as of now. So that that's a, a stat that's really or at least a, a metric that's really important at running back where touchdowns can skew things pretty heavily, especially for these value guys. Like we saw it last week with Brian Hill. He gets in the end zone. You think completely differently about the play. Um, and if he doesn't, it definitely skews those guys at the bottom end as well. Joe, any other running backs you would even consider for cash games? Or let me put it this way. If somebody else was considering them, you wouldn't try to talk them off the ledge. Yeah, I, I think we we probably covered the guys that will be kind of in my core decision. Uh, I still think that that Miles Sanders is the guy that I, I'd be, I guess I wouldn't be too scared off of um, in that same kind of range down there. Um, Brian Hill, no one's going to go back to this guy. So I think he's more of a tournament play, but still similar touch projection as uh, as these other guys were talking about down there. But yeah, I think we pretty much covered the guys that I would consider for cash. You nailed my last guy for cash. I don't have him in my lineup right now, but I've definitely thought about Miles Sanders. On FanDuel, at least, he's 26th most expensive. Our consensus projections have him at 16th. Going up against Seattle, this is not the defense that uh, everybody used to be scared of. I'm looking over on uh, DraftKings. He's 21st most expensive. So at $5,000, he needs 12.5 PPR points. I think he probably gets that this week. Now, there's other plays I like more, but he's an interesting one. Let's go to the wide receiver position, guys. Tags, why don't you start us? Where are you looking? DJ Chark, that's where it starts for me. Uh, I, I don't know how you don't play him at 6,400. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't get it. Like, he's like the guy that Foles has gravitated towards. Even going back to week one, he targeted him a couple times when he before he got hurt. Uh, and then 15 targets last week. I mean, at 6,400, his price just isn't baked into the target share that he saw last week. The only concerning thing I just saw, I was just looking at this, the Jags-Titans uh, injury report, because I wanted to see if Jarrell Casey and and, Brown, and Jayon Brown were going to play. Uh, and I, I see DJ Shark and Chris Conley both on there as limited practice participants on Wednesday uh, with hamstring. This is something that I don't know if I've overlooked or if they're just listing it. Is it kind of like a Demarius Thomas thing? Do you guys have any insight on this as to like, is DJ Chark someone that's actually been dealing with a hamstring injury or is it like a new thing? I haven't seen anything about this and you know, I'm a Jags fan. I follow them closely. Yeah, it's the first I've heard of it as well, but definitely uh, something to monitor like those hamstring injuries and wide receiver. I mean, I, I get that the price is uh, cheaper than it probably should be, but I mean, that's a lot to spend for a guy with a hamstring issue if that does linger on throughout the week. So, Joe, our, our model loves DJ Chark. I mean, at this price, it's incredible. He's the 14th most expensive guy. Uh, now, I have got a question about it because Nick Foles has been out. 
We've seen one sample size, and yeah, it was 15 targets. Could it be the case where it was just one game, and maybe this next game, he doesn't throw the ball to him like uh, like Gardner Minshew does. Maybe he just gets five or six targets, and we're all just sitting here shaking our heads, wondering why we thought that it was a safe lock. What do you think, Joe? It's possible, and like these type of guys that are seeing sort of those deeper targets, they do carry a little bit more variance for sure. Like I, I'm with you on Shark. I, one of the metrics that I am almost always looking at, it's called weighted opportunity rating. It's free at airyards.com. He's actually top five in that over the last four weeks and it's basically target market share and then it bakes in some air yards market share data as well so shark's really popping in that based on his price so i definitely i'm kind of aligned with you guys on that the team total is lower like i, I get that sort of thing as well and like i said i think this jacksonville tennessee game could go one way or the other there could be a ton of running on both sides of the ball or it might open up a little bit so i think that um definitely from a cash perspective he's He's probably priced uh, where he should be, honestly, especially if uh, he's a little bit banged up. That's something that we're going to have to kind of piece through our thought process. So I, I don't know if it's a it's a cash play, but it's I mean, it's going to be really tough to fade some of the guys at the top end, I think, for wide receiver this week. I think that's fair. If you've got the money, Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, Tampa Bay and Carolina. These are really good plays on both sides. I mean, even at their prices, 8000 for Julio Jones, that's $330 per point on DraftKings. 9300 that's really expensive for a wide receiver. $343 per point, that's by far the best for DraftKings. Over on FanDuel, it's even bigger of a difference. Jones is 80 bucks ahead of number three. Thomas is 70 bucks ahead of number three. If you have to pick between these two, Joe, which do you prefer? And is there any way we can use both of them? Scares me to say this just because uh, it. whenever this happens, it always ends up uh, kind of blowing up in my face. But I think it's Julio week, honestly. A AK uh, on DraftKings 84 on FanDuel, like you said. I just don't know if there's anyone really uh, on Tampa that can stop this guy. Like we talked about weighted opportunity and all of that. Uh, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones are, are right up there. But another metric, and I know Tags looks at this quite a bit as well, yards per route run. Um, on the slate, it's both those two guys at the top uh, over the last four games. So um, I will say that Tampa Bay 30th in the league at defending the deep pass. So that's something that um, I think we should kind of take into consideration and, and he's significantly cheaper. Um, I think that if you're just looking for like a buy low situation where where Julio just hasn't been getting in the end zone, I know that's something you struggled with kind of historically, but this seems like the blow up spot for Julio. So I'm all kind of all in on that. Tags, who are you taking? Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, neither, both? I would take the discount on Julio just because, I mean, it's it, I don't, think I can play Michael Thomas with how, with how much he costs. Again, it's 9300 and I get it. He had a good week last week, and I don't even know if he hit in terms of value. It was like right around what he would have had to, to do to hit 2.5x. So it was like, that's a really good game. And it's like, that's when you get up to that price point, it's just really tough to pay for wide receivers. And it always, it does backfire most of the time. And Julio, I mean, AK, it's, I don't, again, this is one week where my roster is not set. Like my cash line, I'm usually I have a really good feeling about the players I'm putting in there. The only ones that I feel like that I'm locking in uh, that we've talked about are like Derrick Henry, DJ Chark, and I'm like kind of open to everything else. Like I haven't like set my mind on anything yet. The way that they're pricing these players is so much more competitive than it was at the start of the season. Yeah. I mean, there's no gimmies like uh, FanDuel has been doing. I think there's one gimme at wide receiver this week. We'll get to it. FanDuel has been like giving you players like all over uh, like like there's like wide receivers in the $5,000 range. And a FanDuel, if you pay down for like two players, you can fit the rest of superstars. DraftKings has made it a little bit more difficult. But what about going down to like Mike Evans for 7300 against Atlanta? Yeah, I think Mike Evans, like I, I've struggled with a lot of people this year, just like kind of differentiating Mike Evans versus Godwin. So I guess you could say that if there's one spot where Atlanta at least hasn't been terrible through the air, it has been with the deep pass. And that's where Mike Evans is going to kind of make his bread. And uh, one of the things that I really wanted to dig into and something that has been talked about a lot uh, with Atlanta's defense over the last couple of weeks is how much more they've been pressuring overall. So I think that there's a chance that Winston ends up struggling a little bit in this spot. So over the season, 32.4% uh, of their plays have been uh, pressures for Atlanta. So it's just, that's extremely low. But over the last four weeks, 41.5% of their defensive uh, kind of as their dropbacks, at least on the other side, have been pressures. So a significant amount of blitzing has been coming uh, since their buy and they kind of switched defensive coordinators. So that scares me a little bit for someone like Winston, who doesn't really do that well under pressure and definitely scares me off of off of Evans um, at that price tag relative to maybe he just doesn't get downfield. So I guess that's my concerns. Joe, I'm certainly not doing it, and there's no way I'm going to advise it, especially it, it, this week. But when you've got someone like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, does it ever make sense to just say, well, one of these guys is going to go off. I'm using both of them, and combined, they'll hit value. 
it's something we haven't seen happen this year, I guess, is my issue with it is, is it's been kind of one or the other. So like if you're someone that builds a lot of uh, MME type of situations, like you're rolling out a lot of different teams, I, I, I could see maybe even just limiting one of those guys and kind of spreading your shares and hopefully that you have a, a combination with one of them uh, in a single like I, I play a lot of higher stakes single entry tournaments. So both of these guys, when I guess basically can't differentiate, they end up being fades for me. I, like I, I have a hard time. Uh, I guess, justifying Mike Evans with Julio at 700 more this week for sure. All right, we've got quite a few more wide receivers to talk about. But first, thanks to Grammarly for supporting our podcast. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. I've been using Grammarly since even before I was an analyst at Fantasy Pros, and I'll be honest with you. I never realized how much of a train wreck my grammar and spelling were until I started using it. Frankly, having Grammarly on my side may have been the difference between getting noticed for this job or still working my boring old IT job. I had a really serious issue with being concise, and Grammarly Premium helped me to change that. Look, I don't care how smart you are. Grammarly is going to help you improve yourself while looking and sounding smarter. You can show your best self across a number of platforms, including the online browser extension, the desktop editor, and a mobile keyboard checker as well. It works with Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac. The free version checks your spelling and grammar, but the premium version is incredible. Listen to this. It adds advanced punctuation, style within context, helps with your vocabulary, conciseness, readability, and even structure. Accomplish your goals with help from Grammarly and stop making those email typos on your phone. Close more deals at work this year with your emails or polish your resume to get a great new job just like I did. Go to Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros to get 20% off your Grammarly Premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros for 20% off your Grammarly Premium account. So I've got two guys that I just absolutely love. One on DraftKings, one on FanDuel. They're different players. Devontae Parker, $5,200 on DraftKings. There's no way I'm not using him. Curtis Samuel, $5,700, 36th most expensive wide receiver going up against the Saints on FanDuel. There's no way I'm not using him. Tags, why don't you start? What do you think of Samuel and Devontae Parker? I like Parker better than I do Samuel on cash. Parker has been a guy that's that's given you a stable floor throughout the entire season and against Cleveland uh, a team that's going to be missing three of their starters on defense like it should I think that game has the potential to be a shootout I mean Cleveland can drain the clock a little bit but again Miami's been in this situation before Kalen Balaj can't run the ball at all but Parker is someone that I'm open to at 5200 to save some money at the wide receiver as for Samuel I mean there's a lot of vital signs with him that are really good. I mean, like his air yards are really good. His targets are really good, but the production hasn't been there. And and a lot of that's because Kyle Allen can't throw the deep ball. Kyle Allen has a 26.3 QB rating when throwing passes over 20 yards. He's six of 31 (laughs) on those passes. So uh, if Curtis Samuel is getting air yards, it may not actually be a good thing, which is really weird. Uh, Just because like if, if, the air yards are coming on deep balls and he's not accurate on those. It it won't help, but it does help that obviously Marshawn Lattimore is out. Uh, we didn't see the Bucks take care of uh, take advantage of that last week, but well, that's because they were under pressure. Samuel's more of a guy that I'd play in tournaments. I don't. I wouldn't trust him in cash though. Yeah, I'm, w- I'm with you. I think that if I've gotten one thing right this year, and Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore were priced pretty uh, pretty close to each other for, I guess, a stretch of like four or five weeks, and I was almost always on the DJ Moore train there. I just think the targets are safer. He gets kind of those low-up, kind of layup uh, throws, and, and like exactly what Tags was saying, like Samuel just hasn't really been converting these deep passes, and I think it says more about Kyle Allen than it says about Curtis Samuel. So 5,400, I think he's probably an okay tournament sh- uh, shot, and I think that he almost skews some of these metrics that we really value um, at, as far as the air yards and sort of that. Cause like you said, it's just, he's not throwing the deep ball very well anyway. So they just end up being kind of empty targets. That's definitely fair. And by the way, you talked about how close their price points used to be. It's still fairly close over on FanDuel where I mentioned Curtis Samuel's my play. DJ Moore is only 6,400. Now, Joe, why don't you give us a couple more plays that you're fond of in cash games? Yeah, there's a there's a couple guys that I'd be looking to, but I think at the top end, like it seems like it's going to be more of like a try and figure out a way to get to get Julio or Michael Thomas in. I guess I, I kind of want Tags' take on John Brown, 6700. Like I know it's against Denver, who's a team that we're not necessarily trying to to target for sure. Um, but John Brown at 6700, his target share like number one in weighted opportunity rating over the last four games. He's been really safe. Finally had that blow up spot last week, so I'm considering still going back to. To John Brown, even though this this game doesn't really excite me a whole lot, but the price is really what kind of stands out to me with John Brown. So am I kind of overthinking that one a little bit, Tex? Yeah, I mean John Brown, like obviously the the 
there's only a few cornerbacks in the league that I absolutely want to avoid if I can help it. And Chris Harris Jr. is one of them. Uh, but here's the thing. The weird part, and it's too small of a sample size to say with any certainty, but for whatever reason, the Broncos had been using him in a shadow role all year long. And then, again, for whatever reason, with Adam Thielen out of the lineup for the Vikings, they didn't use him in a shadow role on Stephon Dix. <laughs> it's almost like what's what's your problem man type of moment uh like where you i went back and watched that game because i was like oh what happened with chris harris and i was like they didn't shadow and so if they don't shadow john brown john brown's gonna have a field day against Devonte harris but I, I i don't know if that happens in cash it's a little too difficult but in tournaments john brown's a fantastic play with the target share he's getting and if, if for whatever reason denver doesn't shadow uh, i just don't it makes no sense why they wouldn't have shadowed Diggs last week do you does anybody have any insight on that as to why that happened no, I, I certainly don't. That I, I didn't know that, but that's something that's certainly no. But that makes me like John Brown a little bit more, to be honest. Uh, so that that's really interesting because I think that he's the price for him is probably baked into the matchup. Exactly kind of what you've been saying. But if he ends up being kind of someone that can roam around and not really just get shadow coverage, I think that he's he's a really nice play at that price. I don't mind the John Brown play whatsoever. I want to ask you guys about a really cheap play. If we're trying to save all this money and once we get to tight end, I'll think you guys will realize just how much we want to save money. I don't know. Maybe you guys disagree at tight end with me, but I'm locking in Ertz, absolutely. Demaryius Thomas is just 3,800. Great matchup against Oakland. Joe, is he on your radar? I like him, and this is going to be kind of the the key to the slate is figuring out if there's any cheap wide receivers that are in play. Last week, we had a couple. Um, I think we got to monitor this this injury for Tim Patrick because I think I prefer him to Demaryius Thomas at just the Stone Men 3K on DraftKings, but it looks like he's questionable. Uh, Demarius is someone that has uh, had a pretty safe role. Like we know that Darnold hasn't been pushing the ball downfield as much this year. So like this matchup in theory, it would shape up better for someone like Robbie Anderson, who's I, th- I believe down like uh, in the 4K range somewhere at uh, 4,800. So I-, I think that it shapes up better for him if we thought that the there was going to be the ball pushed downfield. And normally that would kind of get me away from the Crowders and Demarius's of the world. But maybe just Darnold just is more comfortable throwing to those guys right now. So I think his price is still at a spot where he's He's for sure in play down there. Tags, it's hard to find wide receivers this week that I like at value. Do you have any other names for us? I do. Uh, if Alshon Jeffrey does not play, I want to play Nelson Aguilar. Knew you were going to say that, yeah. If, I mean, at 4,100, a guy that he saw nine targets last week. In the There's been three games that Alshon Jeffrey hasn't played this year. In those three games, Nelson Aguilar has averaged 10.7 targets per game. They're just out of pass catchers, man. They, they don't have them. Uh, you know, like Deshaun Jackson going down. Alshon Jeffrey, it sounds like it's a high ankle sprain. He's probably not going to play. Jordan Matthews saw five targets last week in, in a matchup where he was off the street. He was with the team for a couple days. I know he has experience in that offense, but still. Uh, but Aguilar getting nine targets, and that's while Ertz and Goddard still got theirs. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't like Nelson Aguilar uh, against the Seahawks. You, you don't really run the ball extremely well against them. So uh, knowing that the, the Eagles run game has struggled in general, I mean, Aguilar at 4,100 at 10 PPR points. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, I like it. He's a, he's a guy that's kind of popping throughout this my model right now that I've kind of overlooked a little bit just because I, I wasn't really sure. Um, I guess we don't know exactly what's happening with Jeffrey yet. So something to monitor, but I'm hoping that something opens up down here because if it doesn't, like it's great to talk about some of these plays and all that, but it, it's, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to build a lineup with like half these guys. Yep. You're right about that. Okay. Any other wide receivers, Joe, before we move on to tight end? Uh, I think that's pretty much it from the cash game perspective. Like hopefully something opens up, but I, I will say that uh, I think I'm a little bit higher on DJ more than DJ Chark as of right now, as much as tags probably hates that. <laughs> I, I think that if I was just looking at from a cash game perspective, DJ more seems a lot safer to me at the same price. All right, guys, tight ends. I already mentioned I'm locking in Zach Ertz, no doubt about it. Uh, all the other premier tight ends, Darren Waller gets the jets. I'm not messing around with that. We've got Austin Hooper. Who's hurt. George Kittle's on by. Hunter Henry's on by. You can go a lot cheaper, and DraftKings makes that a lot easier because you've got guys who are like 3000 bucks on DraftKings who are getting some targets. Dallas Goddard, for instance, $3,700. Are you spending down, Joe, or are you going all the way up and getting the cream of the crop? Yeah, so historically, tight end's a position where I'm almost always trying to either pay all the way up or pay all the way down. And this year, paying up hasn't been as profitable just because we haven't had like the really Travis Kelsey and like some of those guys that they see volume like a wide receiver, but basically they still have the upside of being uh, way more underpriced than some of those elite guys. So I've been paying down a lot more this year. And the guy that I'm kind of locked into right now, and I, I don't love the game environment, I think we've mentioned that a couple of times, but 
Noah Fant, um, he's 3,900, so he's certainly not free. And down there, there's some some cheaper options that are in play as well. And I've been kind of a Noah Fant truther. Like I've mentioned him, I think, uh, every week <laughs> on uh, the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast that I do. Uh, I just recorded that before this as well. And one of the tweets that struck struck me, I guess, early in the week, J.J. Zacharyson um, kind of posted the target share numbers when Emmanuel Sanders was a Bronco and then without Emmanuel Sanders. And since Emmanuel Sanders has been gone, 27.6, 22.2, 29.7 as far as the target share for Noah Fant since he's been gone. So love the spot for Fant. I think that it's he's a guy that we know is a freak athlete. Tight ends that are in their first year of the league, like towards the end of the season, maybe they start to figure it out a little bit. Uh, and someone that the, the opportunity should be there. Like Buffalo, it's not a fantastic matchup or anything like that for tight end. But I think at, at 3,900, he's still a guy that's running a ton of routes. So uh, I think he's a guy that would make a lot of sense. Now, Tags, we know you're not going with Noah Fan. Are you going Dallas Goddard? Yeah, Goddard is uh, probably the cheap one. I mean, Vance McDonald is an idea. Vance. Yeah, I'm not a bit. Tags hates Noah Fan. Everyone that comes on the show, he's just like so mean to them about it. I didn't say that. I just said I hate the matchup. (laughs) I'm just messing with (laughs) it. I absolutely despise the matchup for Noah Fan this week. And I think that he's a pickup in season long, but I don't want to play him in DFS. Like, I would rather play Goddard or uh, McDonald, who are cheaper. Just because it's like McDonald's seen, I think, seven targets in three straight games. So the targets are there for him. The matchup is much better against Cincinnati. They're going to be without uh, Juju. Seems like they're going to be without uh, Connor. So, it, I mean, the targets should be there for him. I hate Vance McDonald. Like, he's actually someone that I don't like. Uh, I like Fant. Uh, but Goddard is someone at 3,700 I'd be open to as well. Uh, he, I, I looked at this. Since week six, he's uh, 12th among tight ends and targets, and that's despite having his bye week in that time. I know other tight ends have had theirs as well, but um, like he's getting targets. And uh, again, with this with this receiver core, they if Russell Wilson can put up points like we, we kind of know he can, uh, they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. And that's again, that's the way to move the ball in Seattle. They've really struggled against tight ends too. So I'm probably going to wind up with Goddard at 3,700 because I feel like the upside is, is a lot more than Vance McDonald, even if he's $200 more expensive. So, I, I mean, I would agree with you guys. On DraftKings, it makes sense to go get Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard. I think I'd lean Goddard, even though I'm a big Fant guy. Um, I, I've got Dallas Goddard number five in my rankings this week. I think I've got Noah Fant number seven. And uh, Dallas Goddard is $200 cheaper. Over on Fandle, though, I can't go away from Ertz. He's $6,100. For instance, Goddard's 5200 Noah Fant's 5100 Would you go up $1,000 to get Zach Ertz over those guys, Joe? I think so. I, I think that on FanDuel, it makes a lot more sense to get to Ertz. I guess I don't know if I can build a team on DraftKings this week with Ertz currently. Like, I guess it's it's a great kind of raw points play on FanDuel. The roster construction, you can pretty much do whatever you want over there, it seems like. So I'm, I'm with you. I guess, I guess both of those guys, Goddard and Noah Fant, to me, one of the kind of key things that I I like to do when possible is target these quarterbacks that like to kind of lean on the tight end a little bit. And uh, at least in the short term of uh, Brandon Allen, he's thrown to the tight end almost more than anyone in the entire league. So Carson Wentz, Brandon Allen, both of those guys are kind of leading the pack in terms of uh, kind of quarterbacks that like to throw to their tight ends. But I'm I'm with you that uh, it might be a little bit more thin this week because of the matchup with Fant. Hey, by the way, guys, before we move on, I wanted to tell you all, Tags and I are on Instagram as well. Same handles as we use on Twitter, at Pro. At Mike Taglier NFL, we've got a Fantasy Pros account too, which posts all kinds of great stuff every single day. And you may think, well, it's just another social platform. What am I missing that I wouldn't just see on Twitter? Well, it's totally different because when news breaks, Tags and I talk about our analysis on a video for like 30 seconds. So you're going to get the news right away if you're following us on Instagram. Again, at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Taglier NFL. All right, guys, quarterback, and there are really not many options here. Like the good quarterbacks have bad matchups. We've got Matt Ryan against Tampa, Russell Wilson against Philly, Jameis Winston against Atlanta. I can't imagine using anybody else. Am I missing someone, Joe? Yeah, uh, so I'm almost scared to talk about quarterback this week because last week, I guess, basically picked the the best ones, which uh, I guess I'll pat myself on the back. But anytime that happens, it seems like the next week you're kind of due to miss <laughs> on some guys. Like I uh, talked about uh, my two main quarterbacks, or I guess there was three if you wanted to pay all the way up for Lamar, who was pretty much always in play. But Josh Allen and Jeff Driscoll were the guys that I really liked. But I almost always like skew towards these guys that run anyway. Um, so Jeff Driscoll at 55 is someone that I think is still in play. It just worried me a little bit how much they ran the ball last week. And I do think that this game and Washington, they base almost always kind of operated at a really slow pace anyway. So I'm not as much on Driscoll as I was last week, but I think the ownership is going to skew pretty heavily, like you said, towards this Tampa Bay in Atlanta game. I haven't played Matt Ryan um, basically ever. So he's someone that I probably have a blind spot for. I, I struggle with these guys that they need to hit. 
the 300 yard bonus. They need to hit three touchdowns to really kind of get there. Like there was a time this year where I played Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray basically every single week. And there was a three week stretch where none of them threw a touchdown pass through the air, but they still had 25 plus points because of the equity you get on the ground and because of like the, the chance of them running one in as well. So I almost always skew towards those type of guys. This week at quarterbacks really tough. So I might rely on you guys a little bit to try and get me there. Well, I'm. it's all up to tags then because I already gave my three and I don't like any of them. I just like them better than the rest of the field. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go really cheap, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, a 5K is not a bad play. Oh, yeah. Cleveland's missing like everybody on their defense. They're two best uh, defensive linemen. Ogan Joby, his the suspension was upheld. Miles Garrett's not going to play. And then they lost Burnett. They're starting safety. So Fitzpatrick, a 5K is not bad if you want to like save some money at the position. Like he's almost this week's uh, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, he doesn't run the ball as much. But Ryan Fitzpatrick. Again, he's $7,100 on FanDuel. Like give me someone on FanDuel. <laughs> no, but Fitzpatrick does have some DGAF mentality. Like he will take off running. He will. Like, um, and he's willing to throw the ball up. Kasicki's got a good matchup in this one. Uh, Parker, nothing to run from. So 5K, he's not bad. Matt Ryan at 67, he's expensive, and that's where it's like going to be difficult to fit him into your lineup, but he is a really good play. Tampa Bay, you don't run the ball on. Brian Hill couldn't run the ball against Carolina, so it's like they're going to move the ball through the air. They have the guys to do it. They have a, a projected team total of 28 points. What we need, though, he just hasn't looked the same since he sprained his ankle. I mean, 159 yards, 182, 311. I don't think it's that. I think it's the Atlanta defense. I was just about to say, we need the Atlanta defense to suck again because that's that's because <laughs> if they don't suck, if, if they play well against uh, against Jameis, like, you know, Joe was just talking about, if they do, then Matt Ryan's ceiling is capped. And then you're like, oh, I paid 6,700 for a non-mobile quarterback that just threw 30 pass attempts. And that's that's the biggest concern. What about going down to 5,900 and playing Baker Mayfield? Oh man, it's it is a good spot. Like I, I was looking at Baker a little bit, and the weapons, like all those guys, are pretty much by lows this week, and their price tags are uh, at least decent. I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I'm really struggling with Baker. Even at 5900, he seems like he should be a value, but I'm like trying. I don't know. You have to kind of close your eyes and play this guy right now. But <laughs> the team total is nice. Uh, Any, I mean, attacking Miami, you're not going to get um much better than that and the plays look like it'll be decent like it's a lot of green for baker mayfield which is something i haven't seen for a while and uh some of the things that i kind of value don't they need so here's the thing don't don't they need like a confidence builder like one of those games where it kind of just picks them up and says all right like let's get it let's get some confidence back they've had a full 10 days to prepare for this game i mean the getting so he's thrown multiple touchdowns in each of the last two games he rushed for a touchdown so it's like baker he he can run the ball he almost never does but miami does not pressure the quarterback and that's where baker's been in trouble this year where he's like struggled when he's under pressure so getting kareem hunt back ever since hunt came back in the lineup baker's thrown multiple touchdowns in both those games now he's going to get he not only has hunt but he's going to get david and joku back this week it seems like so it's like we're starting to get all the pieces together in this offense and miami clearly clearly does not have anybody to stop Odell Beckham Jr. They don't have anybody to stop Jarvis Landry. There's just like a lot of plus matchups. And that's where like, this is probably a, a game to attack in tournaments because I feel like Miami can put up some points with Fitzpatrick. And obviously there's just so many parts in this game. The over under is a little bit low at 48, 44 and a half. I would think I would actually have set that game probably around 47, but I, I think it's going to go over, but either way, their team total is implied for almost 28 points. So, uh, yeah, Mayfield at 59, I might feel a little bit better about than Fitzpatrick, but those are like the two cheaper options I'd look at. I like it. I like that game to go over a little bit too. I think that that's one of the ones that could kind of go under own. Like even talking about that King of the Beach live final this week, I have that client that has four seeds. Like this is a game that I think we would have at least one game stack of um, just because of the weapons involved. And, and you didn't even mention uh, Jarvis Landry revenge spot against Miami. Yeah. Like that's got to be the play, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad Adam Gase still isn't there because then he would really have a revenge game. That's true. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, we still haven't given any advice on FanDuel for quarterbacks because it's so like Baker Mayfield. I love the call text. He's seventy five hundred dollars on FanDuel. Like he's he's four hundred cheaper than Matt Ryan. What about Carson Wentz against Seattle? I don't mind it. I think he's a better tournament play though. I have him as a tournament play on DraftKings at fifty six hundred. He's a guy that I'd play. I mean, we've seen him in four good matchups this season. And he put up 25, 20, 22, 20. Besides that, it's been an absolute train wreck schedule. Now we get Seattle. It's, it's not the best matchup, but it's a lot better than what he's been facing. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the limited pass catchers, that's where it's like worrisome. If he doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, like I think part of the reason he struggled this year is because he just doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Nelson Aguilar is not good, but I'm thinking about playing him just for the volume. Implied total here, 25 for the Eagles, by the way. Yeah. At 5,600, he's actually not somebody that I would like totally scoff at if you thought about to play him in cash. Joe, any take on uh, Wentz or FanDuel play? Any Anyone, please. Yeah, people have been talking about Wentz a little bit this week, probably because his price on DraftKings is still is still decent. A lot of uncertainty there on who to pair with him, in my opinion. So I'm kind of with you on that. Like anytime, like I think there's so much value in these tournament spots and where you like know that the volume is going to go to some like a specific spot. And I don't know if we have that right now in Philly. So that has me kind of a little bit nervous. Maybe you could run him out naked in cash games, which would be okay. I guess my issue with with Carson Wentz this year is he just hasn't been throwing deep at all. Like his yards per attempt is pretty low in comparison to some of these other guys we're talking about. So I think maybe, yeah, maybe the price is decent, but it's probably, I mean, it's probably right in terms of where he should be priced. Okay, guys, DST on DraftKings, I think we'll probably all agree we're spending down on the Broncos, right? Yeah, that's where I'm at. Is that where you're going, Joe? like the Broncos quite a bit um, at the cheaper end. I guess I wish they're... I wish there was a, I guess, a slam dunk cheaper play. I've been kind of a proponent of someone that I've been paying down for these like sub 2K defenses on DraftKings a lot this year. Like I, at higher stakes last week, basically everyone played the Cardinals because they're 1500 and, and lineup construction was so tight. So it just allows you to get up. Um, so if I'm looking all the way down, I'm trying to talk myself into maybe a, a Cincinnati uh, defense against Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is one of those quarterbacks that really struggles under pressure. So I guess looking at his yards per attempt while in a clean pocket versus under a pressured type situation, he's basically the worst quarterback on the slate. It's him and it's Ryan Tannehill at the bottom, Mitch Trubisky, those type of guys. So yeah, he won't have his weapons either. Yeah, exactly. So I think if Cincinnati can get at least any pressure in this spot at 2100, there's something that would, uh, I guess they're, they're a team that I would at least consider, but I'm with you guys on Denver. I think at 2400, just 300 more they're probably a stronger play. I actually originally was on Cleveland until I uh, kind of knew that there was all this uh, injury kind of worry there. So that's something to that's something to think about for sure because uh, I think they will be relatively popular against Fitzpatrick. Agree. So Denver, Cincinnati at DST on DraftKings. Over on FanDuel, I think it's even easier. Washington is the, the site minimum, $3,000 going up against Detroit and Jeff Driscoll. Now, it's not a great matchup. Washington's been playing a lot better, uh, but Driscoll is, you know, while he's been good for fantasy, he's also a little bit turnover prone. I like this play a lot rather than spending, you know, an extra $1,500 to get Cleveland against Miami or something along those lines. So let's circle back around and go to GPP. We'll start at the DST position. Tags, why don't you give someone maybe a contrarian play that could go off score touchdown? The Lions. I mean, the Lions are someone that I would debate in cash if they were a little bit cheaper. Uh, but at 3,100, it's it's a little handcuffing. But uh, in tournaments, love the Lions. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is uh, he's gold for fantasy defenses. And um, and if they're they have Darius Slay following around Terry McLaurin, it's like where's this guy gonna go? So uh, yeah, Detroit. What do you think, Joe? Who could go off? Yeah, actually, really, uh, I'm interested in Jacksonville against uh, Ryan Tannehill. Like, I know the narrative is that there's going to be a lot of running, and that's not typically what we want to target. But I mentioned Tannehill is someone that really struggles under pressure. And Jacksonville, uh, over the last four games, uh, fourth highest pressure rate on the slate. So get a, awesome, a bunch of awesome pressure rate data from Sports Info Solutions. And that's one of the ones that Jacksonville has been pressuring a lot more over the last four than they have uh so far this year so i think they're they're underpriced especially for the matchup against Tannehill. hopefully get a little bit more volume through the air but even if we don't i think he's someone that'll take sacks all right i'm going on the opposite side of this game and it's interesting because our projected ownership has that it's at 0.1 percent i mean maybe that will get adjusted throughout the week but because of their price point forty seven hundred dollars i don't think anybody is going to play tennessee i mean nick Foles, he looked all right last week if you look at the final stat line but you have to understand like they were sitting back in a very conservative zone defense and he was just dumping it underneath and piling up yards. And even so he still had 14 incompletions. This is somebody who's been dreadful under pressure throughout his career. We just didn't see it in Philadelphia and he's been as good as Blake Bortles since he left Chip Kelly. I'm not kidding. That's not an exaggeration, not hyperbole or anything like that. He's been bad. And now he's behind Jacksonville's horrendous offensive line. Tennessee has 27 sacks. He's going to be under pressure this game. I think he's going to throw three interceptions. Maybe Tennessee returns one to the house. It's interesting. I, I saw that. I didn't realize that Tennessee had that many sacks because their pressure rate is actually really low. It's a uh, second uh, worst on the slate. Only Miami's pressured uh, less often than Tennessee, at least uh, over the entire season. Nick Foles, like I, I'm, I'm with you that uh, he'll make mistakes 
he doesn't take a ton of sacks at least um so i guess that would be my concern that's because he's throwing up interceptable balls instead <laughs> yeah very true i i think that the price would be tougher for me to get to on DraftKings, but maybe a fan do play I, I could get behind that all right tight end guys we getting cute for gpp or are we uh you know just sticking with our guns here tags you first uh i think uh jared cook and mike gasicki are two that i would consider in tournaments uh gasicki was my guy yeah yeah cook at 4500 is a good like a uh, pivot off of like camara because a lot of people are going to play him gasicki at 3400 again if that game turns into a higher scoring total it's like you have to look around at the options and who's getting the targets gasicki's getting targets and morgan burnett is one of the better cover safeties in the league so uh losing him is pretty big uh gasicki at 3400 he saves you a lot of room in your lineup i love the gasicki call and i've again he's been like the no fan guy for me like i've talked about gasicki a lot this year just because he's running a ton of routes he just hasn't done a lot with his opportunity so i guess that's the that's the issue i think gasicki probably has at least one maybe two uh like pretty good performances this year um, because he's getting that volume but i also think he's a guy that can dud pretty easily just because he's pretty much shown that he's just not a great player uh the team total is always going to be low for miami so i think he's gpp only but i will say i think that at least one game down the stretch he's going to have another kind of blow up spot because that volume is kind of hard to deny so Gasicki was my guy. I'll give another one, though. Cameron Bright, been talking about him all week. He had 14 targets last week. Maybe they go back to O.J. Howard. Maybe Cameron Bright gets like a normal amount of targets. Maybe he gets 14 again against Atlanta. And if he does, he's going to score two touchdowns. He's not going to be owned in many places. Um, do you have another play that you like, Joe? I think that's pretty much it. I think Vance McDonald, depending on his ownership, I think he's still someone I'd be interested in. I think we touched on on the guys down there. It's tough. Tight end's a position where it's just so hard. I've been kind of avoiding the Tampa Bay situation because in single entry, I guess haven't really been forced to go there. And it's it's a situation where if you're just really trying to find a cheap guy in this Tampa Bay Atlanta game, like uh, game stack scenarios, like that's where I think they make the most sense. And again, on FanDuel, just because of Ertz price, he makes a ton of sense on GPP as well. Um, now, guys, let's go to the wide receiver position. We'll each give maybe two or three before we move on to running back. Joe, why don't you go first this time? I think uh, Jarvis Landry, like I mentioned him before, but I, I, I haven't played this guy a lot uh, over the last little while, but I think most people are just going to play OBJ this week, kind of that uh, hot play, I guess. Uh, 7K is a price tag that we... Um, maybe he gets there finally. Maybe it's the big OBJ kind of blow up spot against Miami. But Jarvis Landry, like we know that Miami uh, really struggles at defending some of the kind of the short to intermediate targets. I mean, they struggle all over the field, let's be honest. But um, I think that the spot for Jarvis Landry shapes up to be decent. And if he gets be he ends up being like significantly lower owned than than OBJ. I think that that pivot makes some sense. All right, guys, I'm going with Josh Gordon, and this isn't something I think we can rely on by any means. Like, if you're doing a single entry thing, I would not go Josh Gordon. I think that it makes sense to get some exposure if you're using a lot of lineups, though, because we don't know what's going to happen with Tyler Lockett. Like, remember two weeks ago, we were like, hold on a second, is this guy going to lose his leg? Now he's apparently going to play, but maybe it's just the kind of situation where he gets 20 snaps and they're like, let's take it a little bit easy. And then Josh Gordon's getting a bunch of targets after the bye week. He had a chance to, uh, you know, get acclimated with this offense. Tags, what do you think about the Gordon play? I have Gordon in my list of like tournament plays like him and DK are interesting because I think their ownership is going to be a little bit low. Like uh, Gordon, obviously, for his limited snaps targets before the buy uh, DK, because his price is up to 63. Uh, I know Philly's been playing better against the pass as of late, but you, you can't move the ball on the ground against them. So uh, I think DK is interesting at 63 in tournaments. Uh, but why have we not talked about Odell Beckham yet? Because it's just so obvious. But yeah, I guess we need to. We really need to. Well, I mean, he's 7K. I mean, he's someone I would consider in cash this week. I'm, I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it hasn't been great, but the target share has been there. The offense is starting to move a bit better. Uh, the matchup against Miami, it's like if, if there's a get right spot. It's it's Odell. And if I mean, you could stack him like if you get Odell and Julio and they both kind of hit. Oh, yeah, it'd be really interesting. I do uh, a first look video at each position on YouTube and, and Odell was my cover boy this week for wide receiver. So uh, maybe I, I should kind of circle back to that. Like I talk about the weighted opportunity metric. He actually over the last four games has the same weighted opportunity as Michael Thomas does just a drastically lower score as far as like obviously his his production. So those are the type of spots that you look for in a buy low. Um, so yeah, I, I can get behind OBJ for sure. Like I, I'm being talked into this Cleveland offense right now. It's like so terrifying. But I do like, the, I, do like the, I do like this game. Yeah, no, it's it's the added pieces like uh, like so Kareem Hunt coming back obviously increased some appeal. But if Njoku comes back too, it's just it's going to open up everything for that offense. I don't even know if Freddie Kitchens can screw it up against Miami. Like if it was against a better team, I'd be worried. But and real quick before we move on. What about Amari Cooper? Is he a good tournament play this week at 66? I was going to ask that, but then I was like, no, no, I'm not going to ask it. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's the best, but he's a top five route runner in the league. And if, and if for whatever reason, because there's like a lot of things that Bill Belichick could look at the Cowboys and say, he could say, well, they run the ball really well. Let's stop, let's stop the run and you know make make Dak beat us. Uh, if they trust Gilmore one on one with Amari, I think Amari could win. Uh, and at 6,600 in limited ownership, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, I love these spots where people are just going to completely fade someone based on a wide receiver cornerback matchup because I tend to like to go the other way at lower ownership. I don't know. The price is nice, 6,600. I haven't played Amari much um, recently. It might be a tough price tag to get to on this slate. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you, you said it about his his routes and even his yards per out run. It's Michael Thomas. It's Julio Jones. It's Amari Cooper. And it's John Brown. Like that's your top four over the last four games. So I, I think that he's a guy that in a tournament uh, scenario is someone you could go to for sure. Do you remember week three when everyone was fading Amari Cooper? Oh, he's facing Xavier Howard. He had 88 yards for two touchdowns. Week <laughs> five. Oh, no, Jerry Alexander, we can't play Amari Cooper in DFS. 11 receptions, 226 and a touchdown. Amari Cooper is just a stud. If anybody can beat Stephon Gilmore, Cooper's right up there in that conversation. For sure. And, yeah, um, real quick, I, Joe, you brought the yards per route run. It's so funny. I found a stat. So Marquise Brown. Did you guys know Marquise Brown actually ranks sixth in the NFL in yards per route run behind only Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, and Devontae Adams? They need him to run more routes. Like, that's basically what it comes down to with Marquise Brown. Hollywood's been my guy. Like, I, I've played so much Baltimore this year, and, and it's worked out. Uh, but I think that I, I still have this, like, ceiling in my brain for for Hollywood, and he just hasn't quite gotten there just because the volume is, of his actual routes overall just hasn't been elite but like when he is on the field and when he is running routes like it's hard to deny kind of what he's been doing joe do you have one or two more names i've got one more before we go to running back so i i think that no one's gonna play terry mclaurin um i think that haskins at least looked a little bit better uh last week than we've seen in the past but mclaurin did have a, a really large or long catch i think 67 yards called back last week and his price on DraftKings hasn't moved he's still 6k um so i think for anytime you can get a guy of his talent level at probably sub five percent ownership he'd be He'd be someone I would consider in tournaments. I don't think a core play, but I, I don't hate it in a large field scenario. I like that call a lot. My next guy's Tyrell Williams going up against the Jets. Uh, probably the best matchup on the entire slate. Now, he hasn't been getting the targets, but we've seen Tyrell Williams be a guy who can go off. I think there's a chance he's that random guy who gets in the end zone two times and nobody plays him. He's a little bit more expensive than I'd like at 59. Like, I, I, I think it's a similar play to go to Robbie Anderson on the other sideline. He, he's a lot. He's a lot better priced on FanDuel. Yeah. And Robbie at 4,800. Like, I don't, I don't, both, both are those guys that are going to catch like three or four balls, but you're hoping for that long one. And uh, Anderson at 4,800 is interesting for sure. One more. I actually have one more question for, for tags in particular, because I know he's a Bears guy. What, what do you think about the scenario there? Yeah, Gabriel just seems too cheap on this slate. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about Gabriel? I almost had him for cash games. Yeah. Yeah. He's 4,200. Like that. that's a play that might really help us in roster construction. Yup. Because if the Giants do shadow Janoris Jenkins, that means DeAndre Baker is going to be covering Gabriel. And, and Trubisky, for as much as people don't like him, he's fine for Gabriel. Like he's willing to throw the ball down the field to him. Gabriel can get behind that defense deandre baker is like officially the worst cornerback in football right now so if alan robinson's <laughs> shadowed by jenkins robinson should still get his a little bit but if we know anything about matt Nagy, he wants he, like he truly and i'm telling you this as a bears guy he truly wants to build mitch trubisky's confidence okay so in games like this this is where he can do it and if he's going to do it at 4200 gabriel was actually on the top of my gpp list but i've talked about him throughout the week on like our start sit shows like as a sleeper play that you can kind of grab off the waiver wire that's you know he's not owned in any league but in dfs at 4200 that's the only reason i didn't bring him up i didn't want to sound like a, a bears homer or anything like that but it is a fantastic play yes yeah it sure is let's go running back now and uh, joe why don't you go first or are you just sticking uh, with your same guys yeah, I struggle with uh, kind of these pivots at running back because I'm, I'm basically just targeting volume all over the place, uh, no matter what the tournament is. Um, but I, I guess I, I'm curious what you guys think about Saquon. He's 7,900, of course, in an optimal situation. You just prefer to get to Kamara at that point. But what I'm looking for at running back is from a tournament perspective is these guys seeing volume that um, are going to see basically zero ownership. So Saquon, like he's probably hurt. Like, like we were talking about this Chicago game. It's not a great matchup by any means either. The total is really low. I don't know. At Saquon, Saquon's going to have a game, hopefully at some point where he pops off. It seems like it might not be um, a massive ceiling uh, spot for him by any means, but you'll get him at super low ownership. But what do you guys think about Saquon? I was going to mention him. He was my my only name that I wrote down. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yep, he's one of my tournament plays for sure. 
Tags, you're going to say Kareem Hunt, right? Yeah, Hunt's one of the, the guys I like. I mean, 5,600, I mean, he's not really cheap, but I think people will play Chubb. Like, and I mean, not to say that I wouldn't rather have Chubb, but Kareem Hunt and PPR, like he's been putting up points. And uh, if, if for whatever reason they decide to limit uh, Chubb's work in this game, uh, Hunt can kind of go off. Like I could see him running for an 80-yard touchdown in this game. It can happen against the Dolphins. He's a good one. Bar- I, do, I do like Barkley quite a bit. David Montgomery at 5,500 not terrible like the Giants have been it's so weird and I, I said this on the show earlier this week is that the Giants are such like a hit or miss defense like usually I can look through a team and go through what they're doing and figure out you know their, where their weaknesses are there are weeks where like legit their run defense looks really good and then there are other weeks where they don't show up at all like against the Cardinals uh, like Chase Edmonds ran through truck size holes like there was nothing special that Chase Edmonds did against them that made him like phenomenal they were there was just a bunch of holes so David Montgomery and in, in you know after people played him against the Lions two weeks ago knowing that Tariq Cohen out produced him last week the ownership will be suppressed on him he's down to 5,500 you could get a running back that gets 18 touches and scores two touchdowns. I've got two guys. Dallas is actually a run funnel defense this year. They were great against the run last year. This year, they're incredible against the pass. Not very good against the run. If Sony Michelle gets in the end zone two or three times, wouldn't it surprise me at all? And James White's getting consistent touches every single week. Now, he's only gotten the end zone twice, but this is a guy, again, who can get in the end zone multiple times. So, Dude, did you guys hear that Muhammad Sanu is probably going to be out multiple weeks? And if that's the case, Ooh, we're looking at... So man. I'm glad you brought up James I'm White. I'm using James White in cash games now, dude. Because I heard the news after I made my list, but I'm glad you, you brought him up because uh, if Mohamed Sanu is out, that means Julian Edelman, <laughs> like Dallas is a tough matchup for wide receivers, but Edelman's going to get his targets. That's that's there. But Nikhil Harry, second NFL game. Uh, Jacoby Myers was like, you know, he was he played like 11 sl- snaps. He played 20 snaps last week. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so basically, 20%, these are guys yeah. they don't trust. So is it either James White, Rex Burkhead? But I think it's safe to say James White's going to see eight plus targets. All right, really quick, Tags, why don't you give me a quarterback that you like for GPP, then we'll go to our locks of the week. I mentioned Wentz earlier, but I'll go with Trubisky at 5,100. Joe's talked about the guys that, uh, you know, have some mobility. Trubisky does. He hasn't been running a whole lot. He just doesn't run anymore, but I I could see a scenario where he starts running. The hip thing's a bunch of crap. They pulled him out of that game, like, for a reason. I don't know what the reason was, but he he didn't have a hip injury. Well, because he wasn't very good. Okay, Joe, do you have a quarterback you like for GPP? Yeah, I've I've warmed up a little bit to Ryan Fitzpatrick just because he's only 5K, and if you wanted to pair him with uh, Gusecki or Devontae Parker, it seems like a relatively narrow target share situation there. So I have no issues, I think, with Fitzpatrick, especially at that price. Played him a couple weeks ago. Can't remember exactly what the matchup was. It might have been against the Jets when he popped off. So uh, maybe it's another Fitz Magic week in tournaments. Would love to see that. I would too. I don't have anybody that I love. I mean, I guess Sam Darnold against Oakland. I don't, I don't love him, but I'll probably have some exposure in GPP lineups. Guys, let's go. Lock of the week, Joe, you get to go first. Tags, you and I cannot pick the same guy as Joe did or each other. Yeah, so typically I've just been kind of just aligned with Tags, just playing Christian McCaffrey every single week. But I'm going to move down and go with Kamara this week. So 8,200 for Kamara. I think he's like the the one guy that we can really bank upon um, his role this week. I, I think that in this spot against Carolina, he's the one that I'm really prioritizing getting to at the running back position at 8,200. I, I, I get it that he like we haven't really seen that that ceiling game from Kamara, but he's like, we talked about Hunt maybe breaking off a huge run at some point. Like we haven't seen these spike weeks for, for Kamara yet either. And I think it's coming 10 targets and back-to-back games. I think he's the guy for me. I figured you'd say Kamara. If you didn't, I was definitely going to say him. I'm going to go with two different guys, one for FanDuel, one for DraftKings. On FanDuel, there's no chance I'm leaving Zach Ertz out of my lineup. On DraftKings, there's no chance I'm leaving Devontae Parker out of my lineup. Tags, who do you have? I'm going to go with Derrick Henry here at 69. Um, I Joe's got me a little worried about DJ Chark at 64, even though I, I was like, <laughs> so I mean, I might play him and DJ Moore because he was saying that he liked DJ Moore a little bit more. And I, I understand it, especially if Lattimore's out. Um, but yeah, Henry is at 6,900 will be my lock this week. All right. Stack of the week. Joe, do you have somebody that's kind of sneaky? Uh, definitely don't think it's sneaky, but I, I still think it's Julio week. So Matt Ryan, someone I haven't played in uh, multiple weeks for sure. Um, but I think that Matt Ryan to, to Julio this week might be something you have to have in tournaments. Make sure you're not underweight, I think, in that scenario. Tags, who are you going with? I want to stack that the Browns game. I'm going to go back to that. And I'll say that stacking Mayfield with uh, Odell and then coming back on the other side and you could throw um, Devontae Parker in there. Uh, even if you wanted to throw Jarvis Landry, I'm not opposed to that. And kind of just fading the run game because people are going to play Chubb. People are going to play Hunt a little bit. Uh, but I think the wide receivers might be a little under-owned because of the guys like Chark, because of the guys like, um, like Julio that people are paying up for. 
I wish I would have remembered this at GPP because I've got it written down in all caps for my stack of the week. The last time Mason Rudolph played Cincinnati, 24 for 28, 229 yards, two touchdowns. He looked actually really good. That was that was the game that convinced me, hey, Mason Rudolph's going to be all right. Now, he's looked horrible since then, but he played Baltimore, the Chargers, the Rams, the Colts. Um, I think this is a good spot for Mason Rudolph and James Washington. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to play that stack. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Double down on Mason Rudolph. I love it. <laughs> I'm doubling down. Let's go, baby. All right. That's all for today's show. Joe, thanks for taking the time to come on. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, always good talking football with you guys, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. All right. And I want to thank the sponsors of today's show, Grammarly. You can go to Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. And also, Pristine Auction, it's time to start buying gifts for Christmas. And if you've got someone in your life that loves sports, you're going to be able to find great values on something they love, and it's going to be guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Sign up for free using that registration code, FANTASYPROS, all one word. And don't forget to sign up for the signed Dak Prescott full-sized helmet giveaway that comes to us thanks to Pristine Auction. You can check out the details for that at FANTASYPROS.com slash contest and by the way don't forget to follow tags and i on instagram we're going to be doing some videos as well talking about breaking news and our fantasy analysis about that news same handles as we use on twitter at bobby fantasy pro at mike taglier nfl for joe holka and mike taglier i'm bobby sylvester thanks for listening and enjoy your football i just wanted you to watch me dissolve.